It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. For the love of Pete, it's something you might say when your car gets damaged, but that won't get you the help you need for your vehicle. As someone named Jake, what you should be saying is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. For help filing your claim 24-7, whether it's on the phone online, or on the award-winning State Farm mobile app, however you choose. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On your Monday episode of Locked On Raptors, the Brooklyn Nets seem to be in shambles and just maybe Kevin Durant might be on the trade block sometime soon. On today's show, we will dig into the unspeakable. Should the Toronto Raptors consider trading Scotty Barnes to get Kevin Durant? We'll also examine other non-Scotty Barnes related trade, but really it's probably going to take Scotty Barnes or you're just not getting Kevin Durant. That's all coming up on today's episode with Vivek Jacob from Raptors.com. Cover your ears. You're going to hate what you hear today. Oh, because like, when I shot, I expected to make it. So like, I don't shoot kind of this. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Canada, the NBA title is yours. We're going to the first time in the Hail Mary 3 by OP. Get that garbage out of here. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 1203, I think, of Locked on Raptors for Monday, June the 27th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Locked on Raptors, where you can find links to every single episode of the podcast. You can also follow, subscribe to, rate, review the podcast, and all your favorite audio apps for the low, low price of On the House. And you can go to YouTube and join the 2,200 satisfied folks who have subscribed to the channel over there. We very much appreciate all the new subs lately. Let's keep on that going towards 25 hundo, baby. Uh, thank you, and you're the best. And also, thank you for making us your first listen of the day. All right, on today's show, it's going to be a search engine optimization haven, baby, because we're talking about Kevin Durant 
and Scotty Barnes and the potential of a Toronto Raptors swap to go and land KD. The reason we're talking about this is on Friday's episode of The Low Post. Ever heard of it? With Zach Lowe, Bobby Marks, Jonathan Gavoni. They were talking about potential Kevin Durant trades. And Zach Lowe said that if he were the Brooklyn Nets and Sean Marks, the first call he would make is to the Toronto Raptors just to see if Scotty Barnes might be on the table to land Kevin Durant, who, of course, we know is very good at basketball. Two-time finals MVP. Countless All-Stars. Couldn't even begin to tell you how many All-Stars he's made. You know how good Kevin Durant is. Uh, he was like the ticking time bomb hanging over the entire 2019 Finals. We are well aware of how scary that dude is. And so we are going to examine the possibility of the Raptors potentially landing KD today. We will talk about the Scotty Barnes of it all. We'll also talk about other packages that could potentially work if maybe the sort of bidding war doesn't ratchet up the way that you might expect for a guy like Kevin Durant. And here to do it all is our pal Vivek Jacob from Raptors.com. Big V, how are you, man? Are you ready to get yelled at by some Raptors fans? <laughs> yes, I am. I am. Um, I'm good, man. I'm good. It was a good weekend. Uh, and I am pumped and ready to go for this week. We got Wimbledon going on. We got free agency coming up. Bring on all the drama, including Kevin Durant. It's going to be a wild one, that's for sure. Of course, all of this is like caveated, and we have no idea what the hell is happening with the Brooklyn Nets. They could very well just come to some sort of accord with Kyrie Irving to keep him around. Keep him around. That seems less likely by the day, but uh, we'll, we shall see. I think we're about four days away from his guarantee date as well, which is something that uh, I'm sure everyone will have their eyes on. So, all right. Let's just kind of start big and then we'll trickle down from there into the sort of specifics of trade combinations and whatnot. Uh, Kevin Durant is very good, of course. He's going to be 34 by the time the new season begins, which of course complicates this whole conversation. But just in general, if the Raptors could find a way to land Kevin Durant in some way, shape, or form, be it via a Scotty Barnes and other stuff trade, be it a deal involving Pascal Siakam, which we'll examine, be it, you know, an OG and an OB Gary Trent Jr. and all the picks package. Like, we're talking about, like, pretty high-level stuff here when it comes to the level of contention the Raptors would be, you know, kind of swimming in. Right, Big V? Like, any combination of three or four of the Raptors' core guys plus Kevin Durant probably gives you a pretty legit contender, no? Yeah, I am in agreement with that. I think what makes it a debate on whether you want to make the deal or not is <clears throat> whether, you know, what, what are you looking at? Two, maybe three years of contention. That's mm -hmm. realistically what you're looking at because Kevin Durant is entering his age 34 season. Mm -hmm. uh, and so that's where it becomes a debate on what is the appropriate package? what, How far are you willing to go? Um, what is the Raptors line in terms of what they're not what they shouldn't be uh willing to cross if mm -hmm. the opportunity even presents itself and that's the big thing kevin durant you very rarely have an opportunity uh to get a guy like that uh, and so if the opportunity does present itself at the very least if brooklyn makes like zach Lowe and makes toronto <laughs> their first call uh you have a responsibility to listen yeah, like this is sort of my full take on it is, is that if you're a Raptors fan who's like turning your nose up at it just at first blush, I think you're kind of missing the whole point of what we do this for, which is uh, you try to go and win championships and Kevin Durant kind of fast tracks that path. It's very possible 
that the team the Raptors have right now can get to that pathway and land on it and end up being a championship contender within, frankly, the next three or four years. Like, that's totally on the table for this team. But getting Kevin Durant in the door kind of guarantees you're going to be part of that conversation, at least for a couple years. Of course, the thing with Kevin Durant that should be noted is he has four years left on his contract as well. And so that's a lot of control of Kevin Durant. I don't like saying the word control. I apologize for that. It's a weird thing that we say in sports. Uh, but you have four years of him being around and building around him. And he's also a guy who, yes, he's had the injury stuff before. But you would assume he's probably going to be someone who ages pretty well because the shot ain't going anywhere. He's He's not getting any shorter he's going to be able to shoot over people for the rest of time you would think and maybe the athleticism wanes and stuff like that but there's obviously like a pretty clear i think like dirk Nowitzki kind of track this has been mentioned before this is not a new take or anything like that but dirk was effective till pretty deep in his career just because his shot was unguardable and that makes it uh you know a pretty valuable thing to have on the floor regardless of what your mobility looks like and as it stands right now Kevin Durant's probably the best defender on his own team, and he is very, very good at that still. So you have to consider it from all angles. And I guess the other thing here is that, like, the, the Raptors, we've kind of talked about how the Raptors are in this sort of accrual mode, right? They have all these guys on nice contracts. They have all these, you know, the, beyond, you know, this year now that they've gotten past the 2022 draft, they have all their first-round picks in the bag as well. They've got Precious Achua as a young, interesting piece. They've got, obviously, Scotty Barnes. They have a very appealing core of, you know, mid to later 20s players who could potentially be moved in a deal. Like, this is what the Raptors kind of have been building themselves for. Not to say that they have to go and make some sort of consolidation trade, but would you argue, like, or would you say that, you know, it makes sense that this is the sort of move that they've been kind of hoarding their stuff for? We talk about Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert and all that stuff. I've never really been moved by those guys, but, like, Kevin Durant, he's in that tier where you're like, oh, well, obviously this is the kind of move you're sort of storing all of your stuff for and waiting to strike with. Yeah, I don't know if I'd say that you know, this is the main purpose of acquiring good players sure. um, and being ready for it. I just think the Raptors as a very good front office and elite front office uh, give themselves plenty of flexibility. Uh, mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, some people might have looked at, uh, you know, when they missed out on Giannis uh, Antetokounmpo and that potential free agency, uh and said, oh, well, what is the Raptors' plan B? And we've mm -hmm. seen that plan B shake out. And so the Raptors, I think, just put themselves in position for different things. And that way, if the, if one of those things presents itself, they are ready. And mm -hmm. so, uh, you know, Tampa presented an opportunity to tank, and so they tanked. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, now they have Scotty Barnes, who probably becomes the biggest part of the equation in this where you're saying okay potentially two to three years at, you know sure maybe go all the way and say four years of contention with Kevin Durant uh versus what does Scotty Barnes give you potentially for the rest of his career mm -hmm. and and so that's an enticing part of uh what you're thinking about but again the Raptors have put themselves in position to say okay we can go the Scotty Barnes route or we can go uh, you know, trading for a superstar route uh, and accelerating the timeline and so on and so forth. Yeah, and I mean, it'd be lovely if you could both keep Scotty Barnes and go and get yourself a Kevin Durant. That would be pretty sweet. However, 
Seems like maybe that might not be doable. We're going to come back on the other side. We're going to dig into the idea of trading Scotty Barnes, why it's probably the deal that would have to be on the table for the Raptors to pull something off here, and whether you would do it. It's not exactly an easy thing. It's a spicy meatball, as it were. So we're going to get to that very spicy meatball in just a second here. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at betonline.net, who are your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. You can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's uh, NHL playoffs, which actually just ended last night. So no more. You're just on the baseball tip, baby. So you got Major League Baseball. You've got all the golf and tennis and MMA and boxing and everything else that's going on throughout the sort of lighter sports season. But you can also go and put some money down on futures. Maybe you want to put some money on the Colorado Avalanche to repeat as champions in the NHL. Maybe you want to put some money down on Kevin Durant's next team being the Toronto Raptors. That's something you can do as well. Go to betonline.net, check out all the lines and odds that they have, and they also have all the information you need to be the informed wagerer as well, from sports scores, podcasts, and news. You got injury reports. Everything is there for you at your disposal so you can be the informed wagerer. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. Betonline.net is where the game starts. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, let's do the thing everyone's going to get mad about. Let's talk about the Toronto Raptors trading Scotty Barnes for Kevin Durant. Of course, it should be said... This is a complex deal to pull off because of the financials of everything. Kevin Durant makes a lot of scratch. I think he makes $44 million in this upcoming season. So you got to match quite a bit of money going out. It's like 125% of what the... God, I'm going to just totally just barf cap stuff all over the place and it's going to be boring. Essentially, the Raptors have to match about 75% or have about 75% going out what the Nets are sending out. So, you know, 32, 33-ish million bucks or so is kind of where you're at. Um, and again, this is all not exactly accurate. There are far more intelligent people with all the cap minutia details, but... The point is, is that it's possible. There are ways and pathways to make this happen with Scotty Barnes being the main core piece. I have cited or our, our, our checked in with our pal Daniel Hackett, of course, the cap expert over at RaptorsHQ.com. He has assured me it is doable and there's a few different ways they could get there. But I guess the sort of big sort of overarching question is Scotty Barnes for Kevin Durant. Like, how do you even begin to reckon with the sort of calculus that's in your head of... They could win the title next season if they traded for Kevin Durant. Like, that is on the table. If they trade Scotty Barnes and the package we're going to get to here, which involves Gary Trent Jr. and likely some kind of sign-and-trade situation with Chris Boucher or Thad Young, 
there's a couple other iterations that can work as well, which we can examine. But essentially, what a Scotty Barnes trade amounts to is Gary Trent Jr. being the other core piece going out. You bring Kevin Durant in to pair him with Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi, Precious Achua, Fred Van Vliet as your sort of core five. And then you fill out the rest of the roster from there. you got Christian Coloco, of course. Maybe you re-sign Thad if you don't end up using him in a sign-and-trade. Uh, you know, obviously, you might get some ring-chasing dudes who want to sign up to play with Kevin Durant as well, so that has to be considered. There might even be another player coming back from Brooklyn, depending on how the math all works out here. Maybe a Patty Mills, something like that, which could help the cause. But how do you reckon what that team could look like with what they could look like with Scotty Barnes on the team for 10 years. It's all very speculative. It's very hard to win a championship regardless, but loading up with KD alongside Siakam, Fred, OG, Precious feels like a pretty good way to put yourself into that sort of inner circle of contenders. Do you think that gets them there? Um, yeah, they, they would be a contender with that version of the team. Um, I think the only way I would even listen to a Scotty Barnes offer and mm -hmm. at the end of the day I'm probably not even doing it uh, sure I, I'm just yeah uh, it's just, it's, I'm just super Spoilies. high on Scotty Barnes <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm super high on Scotty Barnes so mm -hmm. uh for a 34 year old uh I'm probably not doing it um I think the only way I'm listening to it is if you're giving up minimal future picks yeah that's fair I mean, Scotty's so, that good that you could probably finagle it. So maybe it's just one or two future picks as opposed to like the whole bucket of picks, which is probably the thing that they'll ask from any other team or a different Raptors package. Right, exactly. Yeah. Right. And, and, you know, Zach Lowe on the podcast was suggesting that Brooklyn might look for, you know, Scotty plus Gary plus a couple first round picks plus another uh, pick, a couple pick swaps. Yeah. And to me, that like, from the Raptors perspective, that is not even remotely close to acceptable. Like I think that's yeah. giving up w way too much of the future. And so the only way I would cons like listen to a Scotty Barnes offer is if you're giving up minimal uh, picks in the future. Yeah. And it's not just the future picks and the future, you know, potential rebuilding beyond if KD ends up, you know, not sort of panning out or whatever it is. Like it's also, you're hamstringing your ability to build the team around KD if you're trading all those picks too, right? Like that's the other thing is teams with contention windows, when they run out of first round picks, it gets pretty dicey trying to fill in that roster just because what else are you able to trade? Because all the guys you have, you would presume, are kind of essential to your cause of trying to win a title around said superstar players. So yeah, I think I'm with you. It'd have to be a pretty light pick package. I would assume that there's gonna that would have to be at least a couple picks in there, maybe one pick or something like that, just to sweeten it all. But Scotty Barnes on his own, uh, pretty darn sweet. Uh, so probably shouldn't need to be that much on top of him. And there's a reason that you know that the this is a potential deal that would be out there is that Scotty Barnes is that good with that much runway ahead of him that you could probably justify it if you're Brooklyn, especially if you're in this sort of position where like, what the hell else are you going to do? Is there another way you can get a potential future star? Sure. You can go and get picks, but like Scotty Barnes is already kind of confirmed. Oh, he's going to be something real special. Um, you know, if things all go to plan here and you could see them sort of talking themselves into that, not needing a massive pick package. Basically the deal that I think comes together that makes some sense here V is it's Scotty Barnes, Gary Trent Jr., you sign Chris Boucher and trade him, 
The thing with him is a little bit tricky is the base year compensation stipulation of the cap. It's very boring, but essentially, uh, let me just read from Daniel Hackett here because he knows what the hell he's talking about. Quote, so that Boucher deal is a great example of BYC base year compensation. Boucher made about $7 million last year. So if you pay him about 15 million bucks as sort of a raise, that activates the base year compensation for the sign-in trade. So Boucher only counts for 7.5 million if he's paid 15 million bucks next year going out but counts as 15 million for the nets to have to match for so gary's 17 and a half million scotty barnes is 7.6 so if you throw also that uh that deal with chris boucher in there it gets him to about 32.6 million bucks outgoing the nets outgoing will be 44.1 million there the nets incoming is 40.1 so the raptors would have to uh, uh raptors send him blah, blah, blah. so they have to add a little bit of extra salary on the raptors end to make it all work you could add say ken birch and bring back a smaller salary for a little bit of cushion to balance things out a little bit um but essentially the deal that works here boucher plus a small salary plus Trent plus Scotty Barnes, assuming Boucher makes about 15 million bucks here. You could pay more to Boucher as well, so the base year compensation is higher to make that all work too. You could pay him like 18 million bucks or something, but maybe the Nets don't want to pay Chris Boucher 18 million bucks a year, so that's the sort of thing you have to consider. Um, but if that deal is Scotty Barnes, Gary Trent Jr., Chris Boucher, throw in Ken Burch, you get back Kevin Durant in a small salaried guy like Patty Mills or whoever you want, without a lot of extra picks what's your response? Like, is there like a callback the Raptors are making to try to add more? Like, where are you at with that potential deal? And if you are a no, like, what is the sort of main reasoning behind it? Uh, <clears throat> I am saying no to that deal. I The main reasoning is because I think Scotty Barnes is super special. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think he has a shot at going down as one of the greats in the game. And hmm. so I, at 20 years old versus a guy who's 34, uh, I would not be willing uh, to give up that deal. I'd be more likely to uh, think about trading Pascal Siakam or OG Ananobi, Fred Van Vliet, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Um, heck, to be honest with you, I would probably give more consideration to a deal involving both Pascal and Fred before I traded Scotty. <laughs> See, I, I think I'm a little more open to this trade than you are, and it's because I lived through the Kawhi Leonard year, and obviously you did too, but I think I was kind of, you know, Maasai-pilled, Kawhi-pilled into thinking, if you give the right roster one or two years, like, you can make it pay off, and then everything after winning a title like to quote Brian Windhorst, winning a championship means means never having to say you're sorry. And if you win a title in the first couple of years where you have Kevin Durant, that may be more titles than you ever win with Scotty Barnes. You really don't know. It's impossible to say. It's very difficult to win championships. Scotty Barnes is going to be competing against a league that features Luka Doncic and Jason Tatum and Giannis and a lot of really, really, really excellent players for the next 10 years. There is no guarantee the Raptors pull off a title with Scotty Barnes between now and 2030 or whatever. And there's no guarantee they win one with Kevin Durant either. But I can I, I keep coming back to... Fred, OG, Durant, Siakam, Precious. Good luck scoring on that five-man unit and good luck stopping that five-man unit from scoring. Like, that would just be so nasty. The reason I start to get hung up a little bit is Kevin Durant's 34. If this was, if he was 31, I don't even think this is a conversation. I think you're doing it because that's prime Kevin Durant. 
maybe the best player alive. He still might be at his peak, like one of the two or three best players alive. Like that's how good Kevin Durant is right now. But you open yourself up to the potential of one injury derailing the whole thing and making you really, really regret trading Scotty Barnes. And look, I'm not saying that Kevin Durant's going to go and get hurt again. Obviously, he's come through big time injuries and come back just fine. And he looks fantastic. But you do run the risk every year that guy gets older of potentially another, you know, Achilles thing or a knee thing or whatever that potentially wipes out a year or two. And then all of a sudden you're sitting there with no Scotty Barnes, maybe some picks out the door and kind of the same core you had before, which is good. It's nice, but it's probably not winning you more than 45 games. And then of course you have that big sort of uh, albatross of 44 million bucks or more as Kevin Durant earns more year over year sitting there and not, you know, offering you anything. It, It just, that's where I get a little bit queasy about it is the risk of Kevin Durant in the next four years, having some kind of injury that befalls him or just like prevents him from being great. Even in the, just the postseason, it doesn't have to be a full season injury rolls an ankle in the playoffs. Your margin for error is so thin that that's where the calculus gets a little bit tricky to me with sort of trading off however many years of Scotty Barnes and Scotty Barnes's prime and all this stuff for a couple shots, a couple bites at the apple, as it were, with KD. It's not an easy thing to say no to because Kevin Durant's amazing, but I do think I get a little bit queasy at just the sort of risk potential there with KD being at the age he is. Of course, having the injuries he's had in the past as well. He's had injuries in the last couple of seasons kind of pop up throughout seasons as well any other thoughts there on the injury sort of consideration with Kevin Durant it feels weird to say like I don't think he's injury prone necessarily but like it's an undeniable part of his recent story in the NBA yeah I think it's an important thing that you clarified that where it's not just a 34 year old with a clean bill of health it's a 34 year old two years off of an Achilles injury right three years off an Achilles injury and Mm -hmm. maybe I'm a little uh, more apprehensive of that because of my own personal experience <laughs> with <laughs> an Achilles injury. And so, um, and, you know, as great as he has been, uh, he's also been a different type of player. Mm-hmm. And in terms of um, his shot spectrum, uh, in terms of his drives to the rim, all of that has kind of changed, mm-hmm. right? Since the injury, he is... Um, more dependent on the jumper. It, it, the great thing about Kevin Durant is he can say that and just be like, yeah, I'll be just as efficient shooting jumpers. Mm. <laughs> and, uh, but it does also bring up the question of, as you mentioned, you know, at his very best, he's top two, top three player in the league, but for how much longer, right? Yeah. If, if, if his shot spectrum, everything continues to trend this way, where he knows he doesn't have quite the explosiveness, all of that, then um, how long before, you know, he's a top 10 guy? How long before he's a top 15 guy? And Mm -hmm. so I think those uh, questions uh, are what make me skeptical uh, about including Scotty Barnes in any deal for Kevin Durant. Like I said, I would honestly be more, I would give more consideration to a deal that involves both Siakam and Fred. Yeah, I mean, that's, again, wild. But we'll talk about that in just a sec. It's, uh, yeah, the thing with KD2, like, I wish the Nets had their stuff figured out the last couple years and were, like, a real basketball team because we also can't really analyze properly 
like within an actual normal team construct what KD looks like right now, right? Like he's had to carry such a burden. If he had to carry less of a burden, does he get less run down over the course of the season? Where does his defense slide in if he's not surrounded by a bunch of guys who are complete humps on that end of the floor? Like it's a really difficult team context to sort of figure out where exactly KD is and his sort of trajectory as a player because the context has been just completely insane and nonsensical for two years. And so that complicates this whole thing even further. I think I also probably stopped short of moving Scotty Barnes over him just because of the age thing. Again, if he's 31, I'm probably doing that in a heartbeat and laughing all the way to the championship in the in, in next next spring. But it just it's a lot to consider. And also, if this was Scotty Barnes like before we saw him, like if this was the fourth overall pick you're trading for KD, then hell yeah, go nuts. I don't care. But now that we've actually seen Scotty Barnes in the flesh, seems a little too rich for my blood to move on from him in exchange for KD, which might just mean you don't get Kevin Durant. Like, that's that's just fine. You don't get KD. That's cool. Some other team will potentially pony up. However, there's the world in which some team doesn't pony up their best package, in which case they kind of have to go back around the league and look for the second best package from teams. We're going to examine that and whether the Raptors might be able to cobble something together that could interest the Nets if they strike out on the Evan Mobley's and Scotty Barnes's and Zion Williamson's of the world. We'll get to that in just one second. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at rockauto.com, a wonderful website helping to save you money when you go to the mechanic. No one wants to spend a ton of money on their car. It sucks. Gas is cre- incredibly expensive. It's just a place to get you from point A to point B at this point. Why would you want to spend more money than you have to to keep your car running? If you have a part that needs replacing, don't go to the mechanic and ask for the one part they probably have in stock for the price they're just going to set and say, sorry, deal with it, bud. Go instead to rockauto.com where you can look at all the different brand specifications and prices for all the different parts available for your car. You get options, you get choice, the power's back in your hands, and it's so easy to use that I can use it, and I know nothing about cars. I'm a car dummy, and I can still manage rockauto.com like a breeze because their website's super intuitive. They got everything you need. It's for professionals and for do-it-yourselfers alike. And they have uh, everything you might need from the important stuff like brake parts, the aesthetic stuff like new carpets, and literally everything else in between. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box to so know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the car parts you will ever need at rockauto.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, finishing out your first listen of the day here, talking about KD to Toronto and whether there's something there for the Raptors to potentially put together to complete a deal. So we've reached the situation now. Sean Marks has called up Masai and Bobby. They say no to Scotty Barnes. They say, fine, you're not getting KD. And they call around the whole league trying to get a star from somebody else, a young Scotty Barnes-ish star, your Evan Mobley's, your Cade Cunningham's, all of these guys. They get no luck. And they come back to the Raptors and say, all right, second offer, what you got? 
at this point that maybe the Nets just hang on to Kevin Durant like that would also probably be fine and they could f- figure out a way to work a team around him unless he just says get me the hell out of here in which case they're sort of put under pressure to move him and they come back to the Raptors who I think when it comes to teams with like secondary packages to offer actually kind of have a lot to throw out there because of what we talked about they're in this accrual mode where they have all these really good players on pretty good or very good contracts that could potentially come together for a deal and so big V they come back, Sean Mark says, all right, didn't get Scotty Barnes, that's fine, but we'll do OG Ananobi, Gary Trent Jr., and all of the picks. Four years worth of swaps, four years worth of first-rounders. Do you do that in exchange for Kevin Durant? Yes. Yeah, you do that. Uh, uh, <laughs> people people out there, I just want to say, I've seen it in the comments, I've seen it like on Raptors Twitter, people being like, I might give up OG and Trent and some picks. I might, but maybe. Like, Obviously, you do that. <laughs> Yeah, no, this is where you're putting yourself into that championship window. You Mm -hmm. keep Scotty Barnes, you keep Pascal Siakam, you're keeping Precious Achua in there too, Mm -hmm. and Fred. Yeah, Mm -hmm. no brainer. Go ahead. You're probably resigning Chris Boucher as well in that situation. And then again, you're probably getting some kind of flocking of ring chasing dudes to come in and fill in the back part of your roster, which can be very valuable as well. You just become the free agent destination of choice, which obviously has never been a thing for the Raptors. But, you know, Malik Monk, sign me up. Let's go. Uh, or any other ring-chasing dude out there. P.J. Tucker, make his return, baby. Sorry, Philly. He's uh, he's changed his mind. Um, but, yeah. Just to, I, just to flesh that out a little bit more, the main yeah, reason do. why the main reason why that's a yes is because mm-hmm. you get the immediate championship window while maintaining the Scotty Barnes window. Yeah. Right. And 100%. so if if you are avoiding that question of, oh, win now versus win later, that type of thing, and you get to keep alive the possibility of both, that's where you get into the category of deals that you say, okay, you got to think about this hard. And in the case of trading OG Ananobi and Gary Trent Jr., um, yeah, that is an absolute no brainer for a guy like Kevin Durant. Especially when you consider that Gary Trent Jr. only has one year left before you can opt out and potentially get a new deal. That's probably going to get expensive, so there's that consideration. OG would be a tough one to swallow, right? Like, that's a big one. It would certainly hurt their defensive equity as well, because he's probably their best wing defender. Although, I think you probably pencil in Scotty Barnes to kind of improve in that department. He showed some growth by the end of the season. He didn't start off super hot, but he was always kind of branded as an excellent defender. And sort of around the league, I think his reputation among players and coaches is already kind of a of where we saw with like the numbers and sort of the eye test and stuff like that so uh like he'll probably get there precious achua we know is incredible defensively we know fred and pascal are there we know kevin durant can also hang on that end as well and can be a very very good defender when he wants to be and when he's locked in especially if he's like your fifth most important defender on the floor that's not a bad place to be so yeah i think that is a no-brainer yeah there are issues to figure out where you know you lose a couple of shooters and things like that but guess what you just got like one of the three best shooters of all time onto your team so you kind of have already solved that problem a little bit in the form of kd and then again maybe you get you know some sort of signings on the on the fringes that are just there to come and hit catch and shoot threes off of siakam and kd and fred actions um i I think you do that the interesting one for me is pascal siakam which i want to preface this i don't want to see pascal dealt I love Pascal Siakam. He is right next to Kyle Lowry among my favorite players to have ever watched on the Toronto Raptors. So I'll say this out loud. Like, I don't want to see it happen. However, 
I do think there's a bit of a corollary or correlation, a parallel to be drawn with the DeMar DeRozan for Kawhi Leonard trade in this situation. An absolute beloved favorite who is obviously not as good as the player you're trading them for. And, you know, I, there's, a, there's an open question as to how long KD will be better than Pascal. Like, there's a world in which in the next couple of seasons there's a drop-off from, from KD, maybe some slight improvements from Pascal. We're talking about Pascal as a better player than KD. That's on the table as well here. But right now, obviously, KD is the guy you would want between the two. So, like, heads up, the deal comes, the, the Nets call, say, hey, Pascal plus a bunch of picks for KD. Do you do that if you're the Raptors? Like, that, 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 obviously, that's a tough pill to swallow. There might have to be some extra, you know, maybe you throw Precious in there or something like that as, like, the Jakob Pertle stand-in for uh, for this version of the deal. But you end up with a roster with Fred, OG, Gary Trent Jr., Kevin Durant, Precious Achua. You're probably deeper and also have Kevin Durant on your team. This one makes me want to cry, but I kind of think if there's a deal to happen for the Raptors, this is the one that leaves behind the best team. Please talk while I go throw up in a cup in my coffee mug here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just so we're clear, I love Pascal too. And so this would be uh, a very, very difficult deal to consider. But mm -hmm. um, I'm, I do agree that it's something that you have to seriously consider. I think it comes down to how much of... Uh, the future pick package you're surrendering mm -hmm. and so you know if you can keep it uh like you mentioned the DeRozan deal that that was uh you know just Damar uh Jakob and a pick right yeah and so and they somehow got Danny Green back <laughs> yeah and, and you got Danny Green in there too so <laughs> if you can give up Pascal plus whatever, um, and I just surrender maybe one additional pick, mm -hmm. then, yeah, you're looking hard at it. Now, the other part of the equation is San Antonio was giving up a Kawhi Leonard in the final year of his deal. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets would be giving up Kevin Durant, who's, as you mentioned earlier, has another four years to go. And, and Kawhi so, had uncertain injury stuff to make it so there wasn't really a bidding war for him at all. Right, exactly. And so that's where you know, for that certainty uh, that you're getting, uh, you'd probably have to give up more. Um, two picks is probably as far as I'd be willing to go. Mm -hmm. um, I think anything beyond that, I'd probably lean against it. I mean, I'd probably do the two picks plus two swaps type of thing. Swaps to me are like, you know, whatever, throw them in. I don't really care. Uh, the draft is make-believe anyway. Uh, and like, <laughs> if the Nets are getting Pascal Siakam, they're going to have like a base level of competence as well. I don't think they're going to be some sort of clear top of the lottery team. Pascal's too good to, you know, be the best player on a 12-win team or whatever. So um, or maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But it, the thing is, I guess the sort of counter to any of this um, is that... It's kind of like a, it's not like an on-court argument necessarily. It's not an analytically sound argument necessarily, but it's kind of the argument that I think kind of holds the most weight for me. And it's that like all of this, trading Scotty Barnes or trading Pascal Siakam, maybe less so the OG and Trent one, but like those two other packages that are probably the more attractive ones to the Nets, like it is a bit of selling your soul a little bit for like the hope of a title when it's not like this team is in desperate dire straits to go and win a title. They just won one three years ago. And I think there's an argument to be made for just letting this thing ride. You know, I've made this 
comment a lot about how they should not worry about going to get DeAndre Ayton or Rudy Gobert or some sort of big franchise-altering deal this summer because, you know, th- this team is good enough right now and has the pieces in place to be very, very good in the coming years here and set themselves up for like a long-term stretch of winning a lot of games and always kind of being in the conversation, which I would argue is maybe a better place to be than to have a couple of years of a window because we've seen with the Clippers, with the Nets, with all sorts of teams that those windows can close really quickly due to unforeseen circumstances and leave you kind of feeling like, wow, that was a whole waste of a lot of time and effort and energy to go and get this team together that never ended up doing anything. Whereas this Raptors team is in like the very enviable and very rare position where they can be patient and just say, you know what, Kevin Durant's awesome. He, we would obviously be a better team with him now, but why not just let this thing roll a little bit? We got guys under contract for a long time. We've shown a propensity for resetting our own guys and taking care of our guys and people not walking out the door necessarily outside of a couple of instances where they weren't even really trying to resign them, non-Kawhi Leonard division. And so I, I kind of come down on the... It kind of feels gross and ghoulish to go and just be like, all right, well, there's the next shiny thing. Let's go trade for him. I know this is not what people who are built to sort of think about titles above all else is the thing, but like, think about what happens if you trade for KD. The next two years become miserable because it's title or bust and anything beneath that is a bummer. And you're sitting there watching Scotty Barnes play on a good, on a not very good Nets team, kind of destroyed people or whatever. And you're sitting there like, man, we lost in the second round or fell in the conference finals. Like that could have been our, our, our life instead. What do you make of the whole sort of like spiritual argument? Not the necessarily on court one, but the sort of one where keeping Scotty Barnes and Pascal Siakam is better for your soul than to move on from them. I think it's something to be mindful of is this franchise that, you know, grows its players just to, you know, level up. Sure. And so, you know, if you add Siakam or Barnes, I mean, I'm not trading Barnes. Um, if you add, <laughs> <laughs> if you add Siakam to the DeRozan list, of guys that you know came in became great players uh became beloved and uh you just you know got them out the door the first chance you had at a superstar Mm -hmm. um i don't know if that's something that players will look at too fondly Mm -hmm. um but maybe they just forget um who knows but yeah i think it's something to be considerate of but at the end of the day i think um if the deal makes sense, the deal makes sense. Yeah. And so uh, with Scotty Barnes, I heart, uh, I find it hard to believe there's a deal that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyone outside of him, I think the possibility is there. <laughs> and so even if it is Pascal Siakam, um, I, I would at the very least uh, strongly consider it. I guess let me frame it this way to close it out, kind of like an either-or scenario type position. Would you rather, if you will, the one side of it is you get a, I don't know, what is it, 20% chance at a title in the next two or three years by getting Kevin Durant in exchange for whatever deal you make. Because I think having KD with whatever the leftovers are of the trade makes you a contender regardless. Maybe a more serious contender in a couple iterations and a less serious contender in others. But either way, two to three years, 20% 20% chance of a title in those three years versus eight, nine, 10 years of Scotty Barnes, 
Maybe it's a 10% chance of a title in that time, just because, you know, we can't predict these things. We don't know if Scotty Barnes will ever be even close to the player that Kevin Durant is and has been. Like, that's a lot to put on a guy. Kevin Durant's one of the 10 best players of all time. I'm going to guess Scotty Barnes isn't going to land as one of the 10 best players of all time. You're shaking your head there, but that's fine. We don't need to argue about this. We'll argue about it when Kevin Durant's on the Raptors and wins another title. Then we can argue where his place in history is. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> but you get that sort of 10-year runway of you're going to be good. Do you win a title? Who knows? What do you pick between those two? A lower chance over a longer time or a higher chance over that sort of short-term burst with KD? I mean, I feel like this is where the nuance of everything we've discussed to this point does matter. Mm -hmm. um, and so that situation where you can have the best of both worlds, where if there's a deal where you keep Scotty Barnes and you have Kevin Durant, sure, then, then you're not asking the question that you asked, right? There's a potential where both worlds exist. And so yeah. that's where I, I think... I guess this question's more framed around the whole Scotty thing, right? Like that. That's, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, Scotty, give, give me the long term. Uh, I'll take, uh, you know, the timeline where you've got Scotty and you've got a front office that includes Masai Ujiri and Bobby Webster and the rest of them figuring out a way to build around him. Uh, yeah. I, I think I agree. Um, my sort of general philosophy in general is general philosophy in general is <laughs> apparently my philosophy is speaking English bad. Uh, but my, my sort of overall feeling about this is I would rather watch a long run of success for a team. I think there's a lot more joy to be gleaned from that. I think there's a lot more in terms of ups and downs you'll endure for sure. Um, but like as much as it's fun to go and, you know, make a big splashy trade and sort of create a window out of nothing that is fleeting and you never know if it's actually going to turn into something and there's less of a I think like a like a satisfaction when it all kind of comes through as well like there's is a different thing too because the Kawhi deal was at the end of a long run where they had exhausted every other option and it was like well I guess we got to do this or blow the whole thing up and so they did that this is not a juncture where the Raptors are at that we got to trade for KD or blow everything up we got it's either trade KD trade for KD or like let this thing just kind of grow into something that's going to be pretty awesome you would think based on the early returns here and how ahead of schedule they already are and I would rather watch eight nine years of competitive top of the east basketball than the sort of the two three year window of KD and then whatever the hell comes after that and look they could probably reorient themselves pretty well trade off guys or first round picks if things look like it's going to sort of fall to crap or around KD but that's a big if and that's all you know we have no idea what would happen if you were to come here I like the idea of the long game and the sort of ups and downs and riding the sort of growth curve of a team. It's very satisfying, man. And I would say this team in particular, considering how well things went last year, I'd be pretty on board watching that growth curve kind of play out here, even if it doesn't end up in a title. Again, I'm sitting here looking at my championship ring and my Fred Van Vliet championship bobblehead. Like, I'm good. Like, I'm still pretty uh, riding high off the title, even though it was three years ago now. Um, so, yeah, I think that's kind of where... I come down on it. Any parting shots here on the KD thing to the Raptors? Uh, of course, if he gets traded to some sort of Eastern Conference rival and the Raptors didn't do it, I'll be mad. But, uh, you know, th that's just the way it goes. It's also possible he doesn't get traded at all. Maybe they just figure out some sort of deal with Kyrie to keep him around. But any parting shots here? Yeah, I mean, I, I do think that is the likeliest route. I do think that um, they just find a way to appease Kyrie and then mm -hmm. just let this thing roll. Uh, because at the end of the day, a big part of why he missed so much of last season was his decision not to take the vaccine. Mm -hmm. And that will 
likely not be a factor in the seasons to come sure. uh, in terms of his ability to be on the basketball court. So uh, if you can get past that and just ride it out, then there is no Kevin Durant conversation to be had. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. From a Raptors perspective, uh, again, it's about being flexible, about having the options available. And if a player like Kevin Durant is available at the very least, you have to listen to what's on the table. 100%. I'm sure there'll be a phone call between Messiah Jiri and Sean Marks at some point in the next few weeks if things transpire the way they seem like they might transpire in Brooklyn. Uh, we'll obviously keep tabs on this if anything else comes of it. But I'm glad we talked it out because I've been thinking about this all weekend and it's been making me sad and sick to my stomach thinking about all the different dudes that have to trade for KD. I'm glad we were able to hash this one out, Big V. Anything you would like to promote for the good people out there before we round this thing out? Usual stuff, Raptors.com, CBC Sports, Complex Canada, and you can follow me on Twitter at VivekMJacob. Outstanding. You can find me at Woodley Sean. You can subscribe, follow, rate, review this podcast wherever you get your podcasts, both in audio and on YouTube for free. It's absolutely free. Just go subscribe, baby. It's not that hard to do. Helps support the show. Makes me love you for the rest of time. There's really no downside to it whatsoever other than having to look at my face every day. But sometimes it's offset by Big V, who's far more handsome than I. So good for you uh we will uh then uh yeah we'll be back again tomorrow not exactly sure what we'll talk about just yet probably look ahead to free agency we might play one more round of mid-level madness before we get to the free agency as well which is one of my favorite games i've ever conceived on this here show see if that's look forward to free agency is coming up this week it's going to be a busy week for sure so keep it locked here and then go make your second listen of the day locked on nbas they're covering all the big nba news each and every night uh and uh, kind of digging in. i'm sure they'll talk about KD to the raptors at some point here if that keeps on coming up as a thing on mainstream podcasts and uh, of course go listen to locked on avalanche today too as our pals chris and kyle over there are celebrating a championship which is a very fun thing one thing big v and i once did on this very podcast so go and check out championship day over on locked on abs if you're a hockey fan with that we'll round things out thank you so much for tuning in we'll talk to you Tuesday with another episode of Locked on Raptors. Bye-bye. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.